0: Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Table Talk. I'm your host, Yvette Gallinard. It's such a wonderful uh, day to have great conversations with great people like my very special guests, uh, L.A. Marzulli, the one, the only L.A. Marzulli. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you, L.A., so much for joining me again on Table Talk.
1: I appreciate the kind words.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was going to start with L.A. Marzulli, author, filmmaker, ufologist, composer. uh, What else am I missing? Um, Writer.
1: Husband, father, you know, all those are good. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) So I praise God for you. I'm so grateful for your ministry and I'm grateful for all of the things that you're doing and you're putting out there to inform the church body of uh, things that are very possible that are coming to pass. And at this time that we're living in, especially, so I'm super honored to have you uh, once again. So thank you for taking the time.
1: Any time, Yvette, it's always, always good to see you and and share with the folks, so it's all good.
0: Thank you, thank you. Um, I wanna tell you that I'm loving the content that you're putting out on social media. Uh, you've got uh, someone that's been helping you post some things, I understand.
1: Yeah, Rachel, Rachel's amazing. Yeah. But driven up our numbers and it's all that's good. good. That's oh, good. That's
0: good. Yeah, yeah. So I was I've been watching you on Instagram and I don't necessarily have TikTok, but I know that all goes shared, you know, to all the other uh social media. So that's pretty cool. I've been I've been watching some of that uh stuff that you've been putting out. So that's pretty cool. Um I know today we're gonna talk um quite a bit about Roswell, your new film, and we're gonna talk about the topic of UFOs, but before we there you go. So glad you pulled that up. That that's that uh, episode seven part one is amazing.
1: Thank you, appreciate that. Absolutely
0: Thank amazing. You. Totally enjoyed that, and we're going to talk about that today. Um, but before before we begin, I know we've talked off camera about this, but um, what would what would you say to someone who says, you know, guys, why don't we just focus on the gospel? And keep the main thing the main thing instead of getting caught up in the weeds with all this alien stuff and greys and aircrafts and UFOs and UAPs and all this stuff. What would you say to someone that would say that?
1: Well, first of all, um, we don't need to be talking salvation anymore for people like us. And I get that. And people in the church that are new and don't understand what salvation is, that's important. I get that. But you can't keep talking about that to seasoned people that have been walking 40 50 years 30 years with the lord mm-hmm. we want the deep end of the pool and that's what this is and we need to take a prophecy that jesus himself says seriously uh, when was the last time you heard a, a sermon on even the elect would be deceived if that were possible or men faint from fear from what is coming upon the earth right oh. those are jesus's own words you yeah. know it'll be like the days of noah when he returns why out of all the the scripture does he point back to the days of noah why does he warn the church people that he that he loves it'll be like the days of Noah when i return men faint from fear from what is coming upon the earth even the elect would be deceived if that were possible and then paul uh, ties into that um that satan the dragon comes with all signs and lying wonders so we can either throw all that out out the water you know, the, the baby out with the bath water, so to speak, and and sit in a circle and sing Gumbaya till the cows come home, or we can understand and look for what's manifesting. And what is manifesting, in my opinion, is unprecedented. Yeah. So for those who won't even who don't want to understand the UFO phenomena, they basically have their heads in the sand with all due respect. They're afraid. They're in the shallow end of the pool. And they, they don't want to come into the deep end of the pool. They mm. just want to have it, you know, the the happy-go-lucky, God's got a plan for your life, and he does, mm-hmm. gospel, and everything is going to work out. Well, everything might not work out. Okay. And we don't know. The hour is incredibly toxic right now. We are in a very extreme toxic environment uh, on a global level. Yeah. Anything is possible. And as as I'm speaking the halls of Congress. And here's another reason, our government, Congress is trying to get to the bottom of what's going on. And last yes. week, Anna Paulina Luna was at, attended a meeting in Congress about trying to find out, you know, what's going on with all mm-hmm. this stuff. And she said, we need to heed what David Grush is saying. David Grush is the whistleblower right. who appeared before Congress yes. and said on the record that the United States government has in its possession Retrieve bodies, retrieve biologics from the craft. Now, if you want to pretend that that's not real and you want to hide under a rock, that you're that you can go do that, you know. But as Christians, we need to be able to give an answer. Number one. Number two. This is the coming great deception. I've been talking about this for over thirty years. This is the coming great deception. It's here and it's happening. So Anna Paulina, uh, Anna Paulina. Luna basically stated that we need to listen to what Grush is saying. Grush is not saying extraterrestrial, he's pointing to interdimensional. That's my wheelhouse. Right. Because these entities, which are messengers of deception, and I'm quoting Jacques Valet about that, they are messengers of, of deception. They lie and do so habitually. Our Bibles talk about all of this happening in the last days. We just have to know where it's from. I spoke at a conference. Uh, all Friday and Friday night, six to nine, and then Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. So we we started at uh, ten o'clock. I was done by six with an hour and a half lunch break. Wow, a lot of yak, a lot of material. And what people need to understand is um, the deception is is so severe that even Jesus says that even the elect would be deceived if that were possible. Right. So, I mean, this is something is coming, which is unprecedented. Yeah, so that in the thumbnail sketch is why we need to be on top of what's going on. Yeah. And, great point. And it's coming out.
0: Yeah. Great point. And, and I, I think that uh, and we've told our church, you know, and I've told many members of our church that it's important, especially as pastors. Right. That when something like this happens, like all these. You know, things in the news that are, the Tic Tacs and the, you know, you're seeing the Tucker Carlson's out there no longer in Fox, as we know, and all of these news people and they're going to come to pa- their pastors. People are going to go to their pastors and they're going to ask what give? what gives, what's going on with this? What's your take on it? And so I think that, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that a lot of pastors w- would probably just put that in the, in the, well, that's demonic camp. That's all you know, demonic camp. And that, that could be a possibility in a way, but it really doesn't give you a whole, the whole picture, does it?
1: No, it doesn't. And and what people, I mean, look, I've, I've spent um, my adult life. This is, this is my life's work talking about the Nephilim, talking about UFO disclosure, warning about this, talking about the breeding program, talking about what I think the mark of the beast is. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, you can just put it under the umbrella because it is, when you say demonic, it's it's worse than that. It's yes, it's demonic, but it's fallen angel technology, yeah. Nephilim architecture, 100% demonic, but it ties back into scripture. And at the last time I was on, I'm sure we talked about the Genesis 315 narrative, which states that the seed of the dragon right offspring of a dragon will be at war at enmity with the offspring of the woman the one coming from the woman is the first prophecy in our bibles the proto and the messiah will crush the dragon's head we get that i understand that but it's not taught in the churches and most most pastors won't even get near that because it, unless we understand what the seed war is about we we are clueless when it comes to the rest of the biblical narrative because it is a seed war and that seed war is erupting now in modernity, uh, with the breeding program, which is why number four in our series is on abductions. We have two women, two men that come on the record and the women are impregnated by them. Sperm is taken from the men. In other words, they're kidnapped and raped. That's what's going on. You know, the man sitting there completely aghast at this, embarrassed. Um, in some cases they're forced to have sex with a female hybrid and they're paralyzed. They can't move. This isn't you know, this isn't a fun thing. This is terrifying. This is terrifying. So, you know, any of you guys out there thinking, man, I'd like to get abducted so I could get raped by a a female alien, think again. That's the last thing you want to be dealing with. Uh-huh. Trust me, the last thing. Um, it's terrifying. But the women, it's just as terrifying, if not more so. They are taken and raped. Uh, oftentimes, there's a scream memory. So they don't know that they've been, that they there's no memory of it. So with Karen, who is in our film, she was impregnated by them three different times. And they came in the third month of her pregnancy and took the baby from her and then placed it in an artificial womb, which they create. They've created the artificial wounds and the artificial wounds are created by the cattle mutilations, bovine blood, cow blood, cattle blood, the blood from a cow, is being used and can be used in human transfusions
0: incredible yeah,
1: how many people know that so all the blood when you when when a farmer comes out and he sees his mutilated cow first of all there's no blood left in the animal the right. blood is completely drained from the animal and then different sections of the animal the sex organs the udders um the the anus the the tongue the eyes um the udders I mean it's all out with surgical pre- precision and people have been saying, well why it's Linda Moulton How it's a strange harvest. but I think we, our team put the dots together. They're creating artificial wounds for the hybrids with wow. this material from uh, the, the material from the cows. And recently it's all over the news that they're creating artificial wounds here on earth, you know to to propagate the species. So it's, we are in, this is another reason why he's got to come back soon. Because if he doesn't, there'll be no flesh left, just like he says. So um, I think we're in a window of time, which is unprecedented. And the church needs to be informed and awake. And thank you for having me on because your listeners won't be deceived, but everything sort of the springboard for the other side is the Darwinian paradigm, Mm -hmm. which, which states and, um, you know, Yovel Noah Harari is always banging, you know, billions of years of evolution. Why do you know that? You're just making a number. You're just pulling a number. Because if you say a billion, then people can't get their heads around that. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe the thing did sort of evolve in a billion years. Anything's possible. Well, yeah. that's just not a straw man argument. You don't know that. In other words, we all we know is that there's not one species on the planet that's becoming something else naturally. Now we can, take, we can take DNA and splice it and create chimeras, but we're not talking about that. That's right. because we just discovered DNA, Watson and Crick discovered it. Now we're in the, the brave new world, but we're messing with stuff that we're never supposed to mess with in my opinion. Exactly. And so there is no such thing as evolution, but the evolutionists, the Darwinists, don't believe in the God of the Bible. That's just a joke to them or things of the supernatural. That's another joke. So what they're looking for um, is some sort of an explanation of how we got here, which Mm -hmm. is panspermia, that we were created by an advanced race of extraterrestrials. That theory is promulgated every Friday night on ancient aliens, every single Friday night. And so when they finally show up, all the neo-Darwinists go, yay, we knew it all along. (laughs) Everybody goes skipping off into the the new world order this is what's at stake of that yes this is. is how far down the rabbit hole um we have gone yeah. and it's i think it's going to happen on the heels of some sort of a nuclear event on the planet
0: wow you know i i go back always to and what you said a moment ago the bible jesus says as in the days of noah says also in uh as in the days of light so when we 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 can't how do i say this we can't just brush through the bible uh if if something is in there god put it there for a reason god put it there for a purpose and if jesus himself said as in, as in the days of noah so shall it be before the coming of the son of man if he said that then it's up to us to understand as best as we possibly can what happened as in the days of noah what happened during genesis 6 what what was taking place in the earth for god to have basically annihilated everything for the exception of noah and his family and the animals and so if we don't understand that i don't think we understand the rest of it and if and if and if the days of noah which had to have been absolutely horrendous we have no concept
1: yeah i agree
0: right of how the world would have looked like i mean we have we have clues here and there you know the the things that we have found you know the archaeologists have dug up and you know we've talked about the skulls and i know you have a a a huge library of um the the skulls and the and the uh, the bones and whatnot we have some idea but none whatsoever as to what really took place. And if that is going to be a repeat of what's to come before Jesus comes, Oh my goodness.
1: Yeah. Now, now what do we do
0: now? What do we do? And so this, what you're saying and what, you know, people like Timothy Alberino say, and, and, you know, so many of the people you've had on and, you know, prophecy watchers, sky watch all these, all these, you know, great, uh, Uh, teams of information I, i think that it's important to get that out there i really really do so you know i mean i i can't i can't honestly i can't thank you enough i know that a lot of people might look at things like this especially christians that consider themselves you know christians mature christians they've been christians for 30 years like you said and they shy away from topics like this because they don't think it's really pertinent right and so uh, I kind of, I respectfully disagree.
1: Well, I mean, the fact that, that, that our Congress is talking about it, I yeah. mean, you know, we're no longer making this stuff up. Exactly. You know, when I came out with the very first book Nephilim in 1999, you know, so that's, that's 25 years ago. Sure. Right? That's, that's, that's a half a lifetime. I mean, let's face yeah. it 25 years ago. And, I remember one of the critics who read the book said that, you know, it's, it's quite an adventure, blah, 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 blah. But one gets the feeling that Ellie Marzulli actually believes in, in what he's writing and, and you, you bet your booties. I do. Oh my. And, you know, even though that work is a, is a work of fiction. It's based on years of research yeah, and, and talking to people. And, you know, that's 25 years ago, but all this goes back into even before I was a Christian where I was, studying the UFO phenomenon. And before I was a Christian, I believed as a new ager that these were Space Brothers and they were coming to save the Earth. Right. And this is what the other side of the aisle, like ancient astronauts, ancient aliens, is promulgating every Friday. Right. Your kids and your grandkids already know about this stuff. They're already watching ancient aliens. Um, you know, they're watching movies like The Avengers and all this other stuff and it's it's predictive programming so when they do show up nobody everybody kind of yawns and goes okay now what but what people don't understand is when they show up everything the world as we know it completely changes i mean completely changes um it will bring about the beast system that that's where it's headed um and and with everything going on in israel uh which is you know it's over 100 days now folks and they're not stopping and it's, it's getting, it's getting really strange. Yeah. Um, Russia is now flying sorties over the Syrian Golan Heights border. That's Russia's the, one of the main players. In oh, the yeah. Thirty-eight. Um, Russia recently is teamed up with Libya. Libya's put, P-U-T, also in the Ezekiel 38. Mm. There's a picture I have taken a couple uh, just a little while ago with Putin from Russia. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Erdogan from Turkey and Khomeini from Iran. Those are the three principal players in the Ezekiel 38 war. And they're all, they're all doing this. They're sure. all talking. So, you know, Russia, I mean, do they know eschatology? Does Putin know Ezekiel 38? Probably not. Maybe he does. I don't know. Yeah. I can't, I can't surmise that. But certainly Khomeini is looking at that as a joke and Erwan's doing the same thing. They know nothing about Ezekiel 38, 39. And I think, are we there? Can't call that yet. It's too early to call. Right. It's like, you know, if you're, let's say it's a Thai football game at, and you're, we're going to the halftime. You can't possibly call it. You can't, if it's a Thai football game, how can you call it for, well, you can guess. Yeah. So, you know, I'm very cautious. But I am looking at it. I I go there two or three times a day to the Israeli websites, Raptor News, Divine Justice, um, and also places like the Hindustan Times because they're giving us different um, news than what we get. We don't get anything here anymore. We really don't. For instance, I could just go off on a tangent here, like the whole Ukraine-Russia thing. Where are the pictures? Why aren't you showing us what's really going on? We're Mm. spending billions of dollars to Ukraine and, and, and the media doesn't show us what's going on, doesn't show us the war, doesn't show us the casualties. Come on. You know, instead, we, we, we get pictures of, of Prince Charles and he's, you know, or whatever. I mean, people can believe in if they want royalty. And I get this. But, I mean, you got Russia and Ukraine going at it. Thousands of men have died. Civilians. Things are getting bombed. Billions of our dollars are going over there. And you dangle King Charles? I mean, what does that have to do with my life? nothing but ukraine and russia does because i'm paying for it and so are you and so are all the listeners and we we have no voice in this but i digress
0: <laughs> it's so true whatever is being put out in the media that's what they want us to believe so um i wanted to uh, mention to you that um there's a gentleman that I, I don't know if you're familiar with him but rick renner um, he's got a solid ministry, has for many, many years. Speaking of Russia, he's in Russia. He's always been in Russia. That's where God called him to. And he's got several churches over there. But he recently, I've done several of his studies, and he recently pulled out a study on Genesis 6 <laughs> out of all things. And ter- trust me, I've been following him for many years. But he covers topics like UFOs, the giants, what was happening back in the days of Noah and and whatnot, speaking around the same subject that we're talking about here, do you really think that maybe some uh, Christian leaders are coming to a realization that these topics need to be addressed? Hopefully.
1: Well, what's yeah, I I think it's it's starting to happen, but what what drives me bananas is typically of, of, of the of not all segments of the Christian church, but in many segments, someone will take your information and act like it's their own. And I take umbrage with that because for those of us like myself, you mentioned Tim Albarino, there's there's another guy. I mean, Tim's a wonderful ufologist, but you know, for, for those of us who have spent time, a lot of time in the trenches slugging mm-hmm. this out and talking about it, I mean, For a guy, if you read my book, you're going to get something, but, but I've talked to abductees. I've talked to people that have had close encounters of the first, second, third, and fourth kind. Yes, I've read the books, but then I'm out in the field. I'm out of a library. And so, you know, we've talked to the ranchers that uh, had their cattle mutilated. You know, we've, we've talked to the Marcel family, Jesse Marcel Jr. and Linda, his widow and his daughter and one of his best friends, Dr. Richard O'Connor. We went to the debris field. You know, this is, we're out of a library. We went to the debris field. We found two pieces of metal. We tested the metal, just like the elongated skulls. So what bothers me in in some ways is that a lot of Johnny come lately's, they're reading the material, but you know, you're just still in the library, which is fine. At least you're getting the word out. not gonna disparage anybody. It's not what I want to do, but it, it, in some ways, it really, it, it's not fair to those of us who have been in the trenches warning about this. We're the only Christian team of that in our watcher series that took out an implant. When I started talking about implants, we were laughed at until we found Emil meal who's who's been was abducted from a time he was five or six years old. Yeah. And Emil, um, comes on the record in the Watchers series, but then in our series, he comes on the record in, in the whole UFO series. There are now eight uh, in the film series in the Roswell uh, or seven and eight, and then uh, nine and 10 will be released towards the end of February. What is the truth? Where mm. we put a bow on the whole thing. So we're the only Christian uh, film company that will have, right now we have eight films available by the, by, by the end of February will be 10. That's the end of the series, as far as I know, but that mm-hmm. could be preempted. You just never know if yeah. the Lord gives us marching orders. So, I mean, there's there's a, a corpus of work there that people need to see. And I mean, that's that's why I'm on all these podcasts like yours and, and, and shows and everything else, try to get the word out in conferences. This weekend, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but this weekend I'll be down in Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. Uh, I speak Friday night, all day Saturday. Yeah. with Q and A, and it's just me just yeah. so i have all these you know it's and i tell people i said i'm the author of 13 and a half books mm-hmm. because the half is being written as we speak <laughs> and so 13 and a half books and 30 films that's i can't possibly download that in a weekend i can't no. but i can give people enough to whet their appetite so hopefully they'll get some of the resources yeah. and do a deep dive themselves so yeah that's kind of where I'm at with this whole thing. Well, just so you know, yeah. yeah. So,
0: just so you know, when we, when we finally get our own place, cause we currently rent, uh, at, uh, at another church, then we can only use it on, on Sundays, but I, we, we have in mind to bring you down to South Florida. How about that?
1: Oh, it'd be great. Yeah. Where, where are you in Florida? Uh,
0: our church is in Miami Springs. Right wow. close to Miami International Airport. That's where we've been for the last 20 years, come March. Wow. Um, but, you know, we've we've been praying for our own place. We need our own location so we could, you know, have our own gatherings during the week and have seminars like I would love to have you for, you know, a couple of days and, you know, have you share so much. So just so you know, this is a pre-invitation uh, to... <laughs> Great. for you, for you to come for sure. For sure. Um, let's, let's get into Roswell now that you you've mentioned it a couple of times, but for the sake of anyone that might be watching and they have no clue, they Roswell. Oh yeah. that had something to do with a UFO crash or something some years back? And they're not really connecting the dots. Can you explain a little bit about that? And then obviously share some more about your films.
1: Yeah. Roswell, um, is, is in some ways the the beginning of the the ongoing cover-up trying to get the paper here that that continued really until 19 until 2017 um so this is a reproduction and there it is
0: right
1: yeah captures flying saucer so that that's was that was the paper that's what they went out with and then 24 hours later general ramey empty saucer says basically that the excitement is not justified so i sat down with jesse marcel jr in a a written interview which we do a reenactment because marcel jr has passed away a number of years ago so we do a reenactment of this uh, in the film where the questions are there and then he's answering his father jesse marcel senior was the 509th um, bombing group he was the intelligence officer so Jesse Marcel Sr. is the five is the intelligence officer of the 509th bombing group why do we care because the 509th bombing group was the one that dropped the atom bomb on hiroshima and nagasaki so they these these UFOs these intruders have always been fascinated always been fascinated with nukes they they they've done things at nuclear bases, they disabled right. missiles, um, and they show up at Roswell. The question is, David Flynn used to believe that that crash may have been deliberate, that they deliberately crashed something there to open up the dialogue as it were. Others aren't so sure. So in that film, Exoneration, where we interviewed Jesse Marcel Jr.'s widow, his daughter, his best friend, then we juxtaposed the film with a interview I did a number of years ago with Jim and Carolyn Rankin. They were pastors, they are pastors, who one of their one of the things they used to do would be end of life for people that were trying to get their affairs together. So Jim and Carolyn would go in and liquidate things and make sure the proceeds went to the where the, the person wanted them to go. They were very meticulous about it. So they got to know this guy, General uh, Colonel Hill, pretty well. And one day Carolyn asked him, what about Roswell? Was it a weather balloon? And Colonel Hill goes, was it wasn't a weather balloon. And then Hill tells her a story that he was dispatched to Roswell within 48 hours after the event to try to communicate with one of the aliens, so-called aliens, who was still alive. So we have many witnesses that come on the record. Um, we also were in, in the second film, um, basically the debris field, we also got into Hangar 84, um, which is absolutely incredible when you think about it. And Hangar 84 looks exactly like it did in 1947. Yeah, there's been repairs and stuff, but it's the same building. And that's where they took the wreckage from the 1947 crash, including the bodies and everything Mm -hmm. was flown to Wright-Patterson Field. We have too many witnesses saying that. So eventually I think it'll come out. The Roswell thing will come out that, yeah, for the, we, you know, and no one cares. I mean, nobody cares now. So even if the government goes, yeah, we, we did the wrong thing. We lied to the American public, but now we're telling the truth. Nope. Nobody cares. Hmm. So it's like, you know, they are not going to be going, Oh my gosh, you know, get rid of these people. They're all dead. Everybody was involved in it. It died years ago. I mean, Gemma Ramey would be like 130 years old or whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, he's long gone. Marcel Sr., he's long gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the players, they're, they're all dead, you know, all of them. So they can come out with this thing now and nobody's going to be harmed really in any way, except the military will have egg on their face in the sense of, well, why didn't you tell us? Why didn't you come clean? Why, yeah. why did you lie to us? So in the films, again, and look, I'm patting myself on the back here. As Paul would say, I'm boasting. Okay, I'm boasting. But we're not we're not in the library, you know, reading, which I've done. I've done my homework. I've read all sorts of books on Roswell. Yeah. We go to the debris field. We are probably the only Christian team ever to go and film in the debris field. And we were there with Chuck Zikowski and Frank Kimbler, and both Chuck and Frank had metal detectors. We show in the film something, a crash which more than likely was smuggled out of the white sands testing ground and it shows a craft which comes down like this and it hits the ground and then bounces back up and then when it hits the ground the second time here it just explodes right and so the pieces of metal that we found with the debris field are about the size of my thumbnail so we're out there with two metal detectors in the debris field first of all when you drive an hour north outside of Roswell, at least an hour. So you're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. To starters, You make a left turn, you're on a two-lane country road. You're on that for 35, 40 minutes. You make another left, and that's in the middle of nowhere. Now you're on a dirt road, you make another left, you're on a dirt gravel road, which there's free-range cattle, which we have to stop for, as they're crossing, and they're just out there. And we're on that for about a half an hour, 35, 40 minutes. And we get to a cattle gate and Frank Kimber goes out of the car, opens the cattle gate. Now we're four wheeling. It's very, very rocky. Wow. Very, it's not a road at all. It's, it's a four wheeling type thing. And we get to a debris field. We park the cars, we get out, we walk down to the debris field and we show in the, in further with our drone footage, just how isolated this place is. Because the drone does a 360 and there's nothing as far as you can see. So yeah. we're out in the middle of nowhere, first of all. And we pray over the site. And then we ask the Lord to please show us, give us favor, and show us what's here, if anything. Like five minutes later, Frank Kimmler goes, hey, guys, I got a hit. We go running over with the cameras. and He's got a little garden spade. And he's digging down, you know, six inches and finally gets the whatever this thing is out. And then he's sifting the, you know, going up and there's nothing there. And he takes another pile and sifting. Here's the metal detector. And finally he goes, beep, beep, beep. Okay, it's in my hand. So then he takes part of it, part of his hand and he puts it in the other hand. So now he's got two, two piles of dirt and he takes one hand and he goes like this. Okay, nothing. So now he knows it's here. Goes again like this, beep, beep, beep. And then he opens his hand and he begins, and, and he goes, oh my gosh, because he knows what to look for, because he's, he's found 20 pieces of the metal. The metal's about this big, about the wow. end of the It's folded in on itself. Uh, a metallurgist has examined it, and it shows some sort of um, high um, catastrophic damage from heat, something okay. very catastrophic happened to the metal okay. It shows very high temperatures. and it's folded in on itself, which is really weird. And so we've had the metal tested um, at two different labs because we found two pieces of metal. So Chuck Sukowski got one, Kim, uh, Frank Kimler, of course, took the others and they tested the metal independent labs. Both independent labs said it's from a aluminum series, which is called the 6000 series, but it's not a direct match. It's the closest thing they have to it is the 6,000 series, but it's not a direct match. And that aluminum alloy, by the way, was not invented till 1953. So what is it doing out in the debris field in the middle of nowhere in Roswell, buried six inches below the surface? You know, and this is, see, this is, this is like real research. It's like, you know, and again, I'm boasting, I totally get it, but, but we're out of a debris field. Yeah, you know, yeah. we go out there with metal detectors to see if we can find 76 years after the event pieces of the wreckage. And we do, because yeah, the yeah. Lord gave us favor. We find two. We test it. Oh, gee, it's an aluminum alloy. But that aluminum alloy is not, not invented until 1953. And Roswell happened in 47. Yeah. It was not a weather balloon, in my opinion. No way. It was not some secret Nazi test um, vehicle that was that crashed there. No this was exactly what what the army said it was which is this it was in fact a ufo right it was a flying saucer
0: correct it, me if i'm wrong with the material that was found um the when you when when they would um and you can explain this better but when they tried to crush it or or fold it or something it would Uh, and they would let it go it would automatically just get its its shape again I mean it was bizarre the way the way that that was explained is that correct
1: yeah it is correct and and um in the film we talk about this um with Dr. O'Connor Dr. Richard O'Connor and we show a clip where um uh, what's her name Frankie I can't think of it I can't believe it anyway but this, this little girl, she was like 12 at the time. Um, her father was a firefighter, Frankie Rowe, Frankie Roe, And she goes out and, and the father goes out and sees the bodies. And, you know, there was one alive, allegedly when he got to the scene. So, I mean, you get all these, these stories, something's going on here. And Frankie Rowe talks about uh, the next day, she goes down to the fire station and one of the guys has picked up some of the metal he mm-hmm. goes hey guys did you ever see this and he crumbles it in his hand like this and he drops it on the table and like water it just unfolds like this right. so um that metal has never been seen that I'm aware of yeah. does, does our government Jesse Marcel senior on the record we we took this clip and used it in our film Jesse Marcel senior says that you know we tried to dent it with a sledgehammer we couldn't couldn't destroy it in any way. So, you know, Roswell, they had it right. Tim Alberino's in the film. And Tim says they had it right. And then they they lied. They just decided to lie yeah. to the American people. And this begins the decades of cover-up until 2017, where Commander David Faber is on Tucker Carlson with the tic-tac-shaped UFO. And going back to our very first question of that, this is why the church needs to understand it. This is where the people sitting in the pews need to understand what's going on, because when they show up, everything will completely change. And the fact that now they're rolling it out um, on all media, you know, Commander David Faber was on Tucker Carlson. That's where he broke the story as it were. But later on, just a few months later, he's on 60 Minutes. Luis Elizondo on 60 Minutes talking about, you know, where do you, where do you think this craft is from? And Lou Elizondo goes, doesn't matter what I think. Who cares what I think your government is telling you that the phenomenon is real. And it is. So the church, you know, can sit there and, and hide themselves and not talk about it. Um, And this is, this is really problematic in my opinion, right? Really problematic. Look, I've devoted the rest of, I've devoted my life to this. Mm -hmm. I have, this is our ministry, my ministry, my Mm -hmm. wife, Peggy accompanies me, you know, Mm -hmm. wherever we go for the most part. And you know, this was just given to me by a gentleman at the conference over the weekend. It's a great model, oh, really wow. great model. Uh Bob, it's it's based on the Bob Lazar model. The sports wow. model. and this is, you know, flying saucer. It looks like two saucers together. It's exactly what this thing looks like. Right, right. He did a great job. I want to thank Shantzi for giving this to me. Really amazing. Um, but you know, that's this is where we are. And yeah. And it's not going to go away. This is the coming great deception. Yeah. I want to make something really clear. These are not extraterrestrials. These are interdimensional entities that have a uh, very nefarious agenda. Extremely right. nefarious. There is. They are abducting women. They are creating a a a hybrid being. These are the days of Noah. It's like the days of Noah. And here's something to throw, you know, to the skeptic. Well. When you get to Daniel chapter 243, what do you think it's talking about? Their seed will mingle with the seed of men, but they will not cleave to them. And you go online and listen to some of the ridiculous, in my opinion, ridiculous commentaries as people try to tap dance around that. They're talking about this noble line with this thing. No, we're not. This goes back to Genesis 3.15. Their seed will mingle with the seed of men. It's not the seed of men mingling. It's something else which is a throwback to Genesis 3.15. This is why the Genesis 3.15 narrative and Genesis 6 is, is paramount to any discussion of the biblical prophetic narrative because the Antichrist is the seed of the dragon. He doesn't go to school to become the Antichrist. He's the offspring. And just the way Jesus combined, Father God combined DNA with Mary to create Jesus, even though Jesus is before Mary, I get that. How does that work? I don't understand it for a minute, but he's fully God and fully man. (laughs) That's right. And and here's something that the Lord showed me fairly recently, which just blew me away. The dragon, Satan, didn't understand the cross. He figured, well, God's never going to die. God, God's not going to die because God can't die. So he's not, he's never going to embrace death. And so that's not in his in his purview. That's not in his. You know, he's not thinking that. He's yeah. thinking that okay, he's going to come down. You know, at any minute now, and and the apostles and Mary are all doing the same thing. Okay, looks like you're about to die. Why don't you come down now? Okay, stop this charade. <laughs> but he doesn't. He yeah. becomes death. He's the firstborn of the dead, so that he may be preeminent in all things. For in him the fullness of God is pleased to dwell. And through him to reconcile all things on earth and in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So the enemy doesn't understand what's going on. There's no way God's going to become death, but he becomes death and he leaves his body in the tomb and his spirit and his soul, because he's fully man, travel down to Tartarus. How does that work? Does he have a guide? No, he (laughs) knows exactly where to go. He goes to Tartarus and the the fallen angels that are chained to the walls uh, in in those gloomy dungeons, he basically says, no jailbreak, you're not getting out, checkmate. I just just got it. It's checkmate, it's over. Then, and this is the prototype of the raptor of the church. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with those in the clouds and greet the Lord in the air. That's harpazo, that's being caught up that's the rapture. So Jesus goes back into the tomb and integrates with his body for the first time. That body is corrupt, but there's this huge burst of light, which creates on the Shroud of Turin. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Oh, right, right behind you. <laughs> yeah, there it is. The face on the shroud. Thank you, Yvette. There's the face on the shroud. And that's not a painting. It's not a medieval forgery. The, the carbon 14 dating was skewed. We all know that now. It's an ancient ancient artifact that's about 2,000 years old and I call it God's calling card and it, and it shows the greatest event in all of history. It's not a Catholic icon. I don't worship it. I look at it as forensic evidence because that's what it is. And that is the prototype the dead in Christ will rise first and then we who are alive. that's that's the rapture that's us you know the the mortal, putting on immortality yeah. the imperishable uh the perishable putting on the imperishable that's where we're headed and it might be this year i'm not a date setter but with <laughs> everything that's going on just saying it would not surprise me at all if one afternoon or evening or whenever he decides to blow the trumpet we all kind of go oh my gosh this is it
0: it's so funny you should say that. Just a couple of nights ago, I had trouble sleeping. I got up at two o'clock in the morning, came over here to my living room. And my husband at about four o'clock in the morning <laughs> opens the door. He sees me sitting there and he says, what are you doing out here? Later on in the morning, when we finally get up, he says, I thought, I thought you were raptured. Yeah, <laughs> I right?
1: stayed." That's a joke. Yeah, my, I'm always doing that. I go, Peg, Peg. oh my gosh, she's been raptured on <laughs> No, Yeah, we're always kind of goofing on that at our house, too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's our blessed blessed hope. Yeah,
0: it is our blessed hope. Absolutely. Um, Just for a few more minutes, let's unpack real quick something you said, because you talked about extraterrestrials. You said they're not extraterrestrials. But L.A., you and I both know that there are a lot of Christians, a lot of Christians that do believe in the UFOs in the sense of extraterrestrial you know activity in other planets and that why should we put God in a box and maybe God did in fact create other beings and they live in other planets and maybe they're just trying to visit us what what would you say what would you say to that narrative?
1: Well there's a well a well-meaning um, uh, radio host with a huge platform that will not have me on their show because they got bad information they think I believe, Extraterrestrial life, and so at the Prophecy Watchers Conference, I I read a little caveat. I made it really clear if you're listening, I do not believe in the plurality of worlds. This is it, and people go, That's so narrow minded. The universe is so big, but let's destroy my argument. So, what I don't care if it's 20 times bigger than what that doesn't necessitate that there's life elsewhere. Jesus comes here, the New Jerusalem comes here, Father God rolls up the heavens like a scroll. I believe that's literal and creates a new heaven and a new earth. And at that point is where things may get interesting, but that's far in the future. This is it. And no one knows what this is or where we are in it. Nobody knows. And I'm, I'm, I'm lean towards the fact that we are in some sort of a very detailed holodeck. We are in um, a holographic universe on some level. That's conjecture. But the late Chuck Missler believed that too. So.
0: Very interesting. Wow. All right. Well, I'm going to shoot some questions at you. Okay. I hope you don't mind. I went ahead and I asked some family members and some close friends of mine, if you had a question about UFOs, what would it be? And so I start my my phone just started blasting, and so I want to I want to cover a, a few of the ones that I thought were really interesting to to throw at you if you don't mind, but. One of the things my sister actually asked me, she called me and 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 said, "Listen, how many times have we not seen seen Hollywood uh, come up with you know creating movies, uh, TV shows, programs, whatnot? They they've been doing this for years on end. It involves aliens, it involves spacecrafts, it involves all this kind of stuff. Where do you think this originated from? Do you think that these were just some very creative Hollywood?" producers directors or what do you what do you what do you think about that
1: this is predictive programming in my opinion there's no doubt about it and this is why when they finally show up everybody kind of goes oh um we've been watching this on tv and in movies for the last 40 years in the book let me see if i can put my hands on it oh that could be it right there it's not hold on if i can if i yeah. can put my hands on it quickly i will and if yeah. i can't i'll just give up and it looks like i'm about to give up yes <laughs> if I don't you, know where it if is. you see it you can pull it, pull it, yeah. it it's um it's the idea that um let me just check over here nope okay i'm going to give up here don't give up la don't <laughs> i don't know where it is but the bottom line is in the book ufo disclosure my book ufo yes disclosure, yes the 70 year old cover up what we show in the film or in the book rather is the first 15, 20 pages lists all the TV shows and movies. Yeah, that, and we do that deliberately. Are you just trying to? You know, you have nothing to say here. No, 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 no. I got a lot to say about the subject. But what I'm trying to show by doing that is this is this is what's happening. This subject has been covered, you know, more ways than a month of Sundays. I mean, the list just goes on. Brilliant. You know, my favorite Marshall when I was a kid. I, I remember. I can still sing the theme song. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I mean, you know, yeah. I, I, my brother and just starts singing that. He just starts laughing. But I mean, you know, my favorite Martian, right? With the and Bill Bixler and the antennas come out and it was really cool. Yeah, my favorite Martian. These yeah. are my one, you know, and. He, he's portrayed as this wonderful, wise, benevolent entity from Mars. Well, not so fast, citizen. When you get into our film on abductions, they're anything but warm and friendly. They yeah. have a nefarious agenda. They are evil to the to the cows come home. Right. And speaking of cows, what they do to the cow is disgusting. And the fact that they place it back in the farmer's field is deliberate. It creates the greatest collective fear in that entire town because the rancher calls the vet the vet calls law enforcement law enforcement calls the paper the paper comes out photographs everything and then prints an article the whole town's terrified
0: yeah yeah i've seen that on several times on um uh, uh skinwalker ranch and there was one of the episodes i remember not even flies came to the to the carcass it's just the most bizarre thing ever it is so yeah okay so we covered that question in my recent um talk with uh mondo gonzalez uh, which is a mutual friend of ours i love mondo i asked him what he thought about the aliens what he thought who what did what do you think of the grays you know i asked him in that are they are they demons are they fallen angels. I know you touched on this before. You've touched on it many times and you mentioned something here. What do you think? I mean, you talked about Roswell in Roswell. They apparently saw bodies, one which was alive and they, you know, collected other bodies. What are these grays? Are they actual aliens or I know you call them suits. So explain that a little bit more.
1: Well, if you've got, and, and again, the late David Flynn and I had a conversation about this before he passed away. And I said, David, you know, this is, and this is like circa 1997, yeah. maybe, so it's, you know, a long time yeah. ago. And I go, what do you, I've been thinking about this, and I and I, I come up to the line, David, and then I go running away from it, screaming, because it just seems so bizarre. I said, what if the grays are some sort of a biological construct? And he goes, L.A., that's exactly what I think they are and then from um, other people abductees in particular that I've spoken to uh, Whitley Reaver's book also talks about opening a drawer and in that drawer are the grays stacked up one top of each on top of each other um there are there are also other books by abductees Karen Wilkinson her book stolen seed evil Harvest, Harvest that we publish she talks about the grays basically like a meat soup that's what they are so in my opinion, um, and see, the problem is the church has this real truncated view of the supernatural. Mm-hmm. We just do. It's a real truncated view of the supernatural. So we don't understand, really, you know, we kind of stop and go, well, that can't happen. And we just kind of run away from it. So the dis- the, the Nephilim are the progeny, the offspring of fallen angels and human women, creating a hybrid known as the Nephilim. The flood comes, wipes them all out. The demons that roam the earth, according to the book of Enoch, and I I wholeheartedly believe in the book of Enoch, especially Enoch one. That's what we're talking about. Because if you were going to keep one book from the people, that's the book you keep out because it tells you exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. So the disembodied spirits of the Nephilim become the demons, which inhabit wander all over the earth, but they're earthbound. So the dragon goes, and I got all these guys over here and i can't use them because they have to they have to possess something or someone or an object in order to manifest why don't i just create a biological construct where they can inhabit this this suit essentially and now i've got worker bees which is exactly what they are now that's conjecture and you know when i'm speaking at conferences by the way i'll be at lubbock texas this weekend so mm-hmm. if you're in the area folks go to our website Eliamarzulli.net, and I hope to see you in Lubbock, but I'm talking about this, but oftentimes I'll say, okay, this is conjecture on my part, but it's based on decades of research. You know, I can't sit down with a fallen angel and go, excuse me, um, can you give me an insight as to what these grades really are? Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. Sure. So it's based on what the experiences are saying, what the abductees are saying, what my own research um, the biblical narrative, the book of Enoch, Genesis—I mean, all these things—and you know, again, I've been doing this for a long time, yeah. so I have answers. I believe I have answers.
0: Yeah. Do what do you what do you think? Um, where do you think they? I know you said that they're inter interdimensional, and that's my reply when it comes to to these crafts, for example, these aliens and whatnot. I mean. You and I both know the uh, uh, Luke and Nate from uh, Blurry Creatures. They talk about Bigfoot many times. And, you know, these, these things are interdimensional, you know. So one of the questions I was asked is where do they come from and why would they visit Earth? So I think we've kind of covered that, right? Because they are interdimensional. It's like they can come in and out through portals. You know, through realms that we can't necessarily see with our own eyes.
1: Right. Uh, It's like when we go to the Book of Revelation and we see that Michael and his angels fight with the devil and his angels. How first of all, how do they fight? Yeah, exactly. That's you know that's something that we can get into maybe in another show or whatever. But but we know from the Book of Revelation that the dragon is cast down the earth with his angels. Woe to the inhabitants of earth because. Your yep. the, adversary, the devil, Satan, the dragon of old is cast down to earth and he knows his time is short. How does he know his time is short? That in mm-hmm. itself is a three-hour conversation. So its I call it the great eviction notice. It would be like having a crack house in your neighborhood. So good. At, some point, at some point you just go, we're not doing this anymore. <laughs> that's You're, right. out You're out of here. Yep. And that's what's going on. So yeah. God just goes, this is it. You know, you've had, you've had your shot. You're not, and and you know the, the the thing is, I've talked to though about this too, um, after the thousand years when the dragon is interned in the in the bottomless pit, he's let out again. You yeah. know, and jokingly I I was I say this at conferences. I'm starting a petition, not <laughs> to the dragon out. You know, <laughs> and I kind of goof on that. It's it's funny, but it's like you got it. We have to ask. It's like even after all this, he comes out and he does the same old thing. He he just. He hates God so much that he's blinded to the point where he would rather spend, you know, eternity in chains or whatever, whatever they're going to do to him, the lake of fire than Balvenie. He just will not. That's his deal.
0: That's pretty
1: wild. When he's there, he'll probably, I mean, you know, there there are some people that don't believe in, in eternal hell. I have, I have no answer to that. Part of me wonders if you know c.s lewis's book the great divide mm-hmm. where the magic bus comes and you know well you can come on the bus and give it another shot you know? <laughs> I don't know i mean that's you know it's a colorful book and it's a way where c.s lewis is trying to, to yeah. get his head around how does all this work i just have to trust it's way beyond my pay grade i can mm-hmm. barely keep myself where <laughs> i should be i have Thank enough you. to worry about yeah. so god's given me a ministry giving me a calling. Um, and I stick faithful to that. There's yeah. a lot of stuff I don't know, and I can't wait to get there. I so know I can, get, I can get the briefing.
0: I get it. I totally get that. We're um, talking about Roswell a little bit ago, we were talking about the, about the materials that were found and and whatnot and what you found. How, how do you think they create these vehicles? How do you think that, these spacecrafts, where do they get ma- the material? I mean, if these are interdimensional, yeah. what what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, just because they're interdimensional doesn't mean they don't have physicality to them. You see, we have, I'm actually working on number 15 book. I've already got six chapters written. And there's a physicality to the supernatural. Um, I'll, just, I'll just give you one, just one example. And I promise I won't give you three or four. Just <laughs> So in the book of Genesis we know that adam and eve blow it and they're booted out of the garden so god sends very powerful angels two cherubim down to guard the east gate but why does why not just close the gate why do you have to guard the gate you know what what's going on here and why is it just the east gate the north the north south and west gate are open or or they don't need guarding i mean this is this is where i travel it's like yes huh what am i looking at here yes somebody can I have a couple of paragraphs please? Um, <laughs> yes. Something why the east gate? Why do you have to have the church? Why can't you just close it yourself? Well, what, what are we looking at here? We don't know. We don't. Right, know. right. But between the cherubim is a what? Is a flaming sword that yes. turns every which way. Wow. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> Is that a lightsaber? No. <laughs> I knew you we were going to say that. <laughs> no, don't tell me, is it a lightsaber? I don't know. You know, where do you think they got it from? That's
0: so good. What a great oh, point.
1: There's nothing original there. You know that lightsaber. That might be exactly what the flaming sword that turns every which way by itself. That's technology. Wow, that's well, that is such a good point. You don't know, right? That's yeah. That's... I could give you many more examples, but I won't. <laughs> for
0: another time, for another time. Do you do you think UFOs are in the Bible? Wait and does and does Jesus talk about that?
1: Um, well, Jesus, when he goes up into the clouds, you know, what what's in the clouds? So I'll tell you a story. A friend of mine, Pastor Matt Freeman, was on an air, airplane. And you know, he's born again spirit felt like we are. So he's on an airplane and it's a short flight. He's going from Oklahoma City, I think, to San Antonio, something like that, whatever it is. And uh, before the flight is going, you know, Lord, I'd really like to see one of the good guys. Okay. I'd like to see one of the good guys. So he's on a window seat. And, you know, the plane takes off and he's waiting. Nothing's happening. And the plane is now in a descent. They're getting ready to land. He's like, maybe... 15 20 minutes out yeah yeah he's going lord you know you know i thought you were going to let me see one and the lord just says be patient and so he's flying like this looking out the window in the distance coming at him is a light and it's it's one of ours and it passes right underneath the wing like that he's the only one who saw it he was Uh was from everybody else wow So Elijah is taken up. What's he taken up in? Yeah, that's right. In 2 Kings when uh, uh, Gehazi, you know, the servant of of Elijah, you know, Lord opened his eyes. So he comes back and his eyes get open. I saw the chariots of fire above, you know, there they were, the chariots of fire. What is a chariot? It's a vehicle. Right. What is fire? Something that glows is this a chariot of fire if you've never seen one of these things right how would you describe it in fatima which is why we did two shows uh two films on fatima the witnesses say i looked up and saw a dull silver disk yeah <laughs> this is my new I remember right i looked up and saw a dull silver disk you know yeah. what what you don't know what it is there's no word flying saucer ufo that nope. does those that doesn't come into the vernacular until mid 20th century. So you go, yeah, I looked up and saw a dull silver disc. If yeah. you're thousands of years before that, and you're the servant Gehazi, I saw a chariot of fire. You're describing it in your, in your grid system. Cause that's all you got. Yeah, exactly. You know, there are no cars. There are no, there's nothing aerial, no aerial phenomena at all. 2,500 years ago And yeah. that's written. So yeah. he's saying a chariot, which is what, you know, it's a vehicle That's what he goes in a fire because there are no light bulbs. All they have is torchlight and fire. So he goes a chariot of fire. That's a great description, but it's not just a chariot of fire. It's, it's a mechanical device, which is created. Let me, I'll give you one more, just one, please. So if a new Jerusalem descends, it's 1500 miles wide, 1500 miles long, 1500 miles high. Is it a pyramid? Oh, I can just see people watching this. L.A. is doing Masonic symbols right now. <laughs> God. I always, I always knew there was something wrong. He's a closet base oh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> no. What if it's a pyramid? I think it's a pyramid. Right. A I, lot no of, one knows. Yeah. It could be a cube, but I'm not buying a cube. I think it's a pyramid. So 1,500 miles, how does that work? You're And I've, I've given this over to an engineer. Yeah. I mean, you're talking you know, the stress on something, what are we look, the engineering involved is unbelievable. And then it descends. It just doesn't go. (laughs) It doesn't. Right. You know, it doesn't do that. It descends. And we're looking at basically half the United States. Really. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. It's just like, Wow. wow.
0: I know. I know it's way out there. Okay, um, just a couple, just maybe a couple more. That's it.
1: Yeah, I got to get going here. We've been yeah. That's the hour of that, so, okay. Yes,
0: yes. Um, can the enemy be using the UFO narrative to lie about the rapture?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think he will. Mondo, yeah. Mondo and I have talked about this. I got it from Mondo and a friend of ours, Jeff Van Hatton. So Jeff Van Hatton and Mondo were talking about the rapture. And there's a saying that I coined a number of years ago. We go up, they come down. We yeah. go up, they show up. So, what if it's something like this? The rapture starts to happen. Wait, where's my little guy? There. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, someone gave me this. This is a this is a, a Lego LA Marzullo. Oh my word! <laughs> can believe this. I mean, some of these people need to get a life. They really do. That's hilarious. It's right on my desk. I love it. So, so here's the deal. Let me see if I can do this. So, the rapture happens. Come up here and up we go, right? Up we go, up we go, up we go. It's actually more like this, hold on. So we go like this, up we go, up we go, and then we disappear. What does that look like? That we just went into the ship, but we haven't, see? We're still going up. But the ship, there's clouds above here. So as we go up, right, it appears like we're going into the ship. And that's when they will say, we just took these people, these 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 Christians, these fundamentalists, who weren't ready for the paradigm shift. They were they just weren't ready for it. So we had to take them to another place. And that's that's what we did. Wow. Because and, and this is what Mondo and I talked about.
0: Uh, <laughs> you're
1: hilarious. <laughs> oh, a little kid at heart. But, when Mondo and I were talking about this, well, look at even Ben's. Look at that. Tell me no, about buddy. So when, when Elijah is taken up, Elisha sees him go up. Yeah. There's no, you know, there's no clothes on the ground. Elijah goes up. Right. When Enoch is taken and he was no more. Now, it, it's a little vague there with Enoch. Yeah. We don't know. But when Jesus goes up, well, the disciples are there. But right. who knows? I, I got to believe Mary the mother and and Mary Magdalene and who knows how many other people are also there. They're all watching him go up. And of course, for me, you know, here we go. I'm, I'm goofing on it as usual. Does he wave one last time? <laughs> you know, does he do some cool hand gestures, you know? Does he kind of go, hey, look at me, I'm flying. <laughs> because he's always doing stuff like that anyway.
0: Yeah, disciples.
1: yeah. So, I mean, he's got a sense of humor. There's no doubt about it. So is he, is he just having one more you know, fun time with the disciples Then the angels say, Hey, you know, you're going to see this again. It's going to come back the same way. Then the two witnesses who are killed in the streets of Jerusalem, they go up, the whole world sees them go up. Mm -hmm. So I think this is where, you know, we go up, they come down, we go up, they show up. So as we're going up, it appears like we're going into the craft, but we're not, we're going all the way up. So people see the craft and they go, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Conjecture. conjecture
0: yeah but it's yeah it makes a lot of sense yeah well it makes a lot of sense all right la i'm going to let you go again i want to thank you so much for joining us yeah. please tell our audience where they can find you where they can support your ministry find your work get yeah. get into the roswell uh films tell our yeah. audience
1: yeah i mean guys these are these are on our website lamarzuli.net. there are now you know, lots of books, 13 books that I've written and two others that we've published, Stolen Seed, Evil Harvest, and they only come out at night. Uh, you want to check all this stuff out. The two Roswell ones are out. Are All of all of our uh, DVDs now are streaming. So you can just go, instead of ordering the hard copy, if you want the hard copy, we'll send it to you. But you can also just go to streaming.eliamarzulli.net, streaming.eliamarzulli.net, and avail yourself of uh, all the films. Get educated.
0: Absolutely. Please get educated. Go there and support uh, L.A.'s ministry. It's a wonderful ministry to be able to support. And uh, uh, I can't wait for our next talk. So thank you again so much, L.A. Appreciate it. God bless you. God bless Peggy and your whole family. And uh, we'll be talking to you soon. Okay. Okay. All right. Take care, everyone. Bye bye.